Hi, this is Danielle from The Gels Curator, and this is episode 133 of Art for Your Ear. This episode is supported by Saatchi Art, the world's largest curated online gallery offering original art by independent artists from around the world. Visit them at saatchiart.com. This episode is also supported by Create Magazine, another fabulous promoter of fresh, unique art from around the world. Artists, designers, and makers are welcome to submit to their print issue open calls or send work to their free daily blog to be featured. The deadline for the next print issue is April 31st, 2018. To find out more, you can visit them at createmagazine.com. So, today I am talking to a fellow Canadian, abstract painter Jana Watson. Her work is filled with movement, color, and then more color. I've been lucky enough to meet Jana in person and to see one of her large-scale beauties up close and personal, but we were at a big fancy party, and I didn't get a chance to ask her all of the zillions of questions that were zipping through my mind at the time. But today, all of that gets fixed. Ready? Calling Jana in Toronto. Hi, Jana. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Good. How are you? Not bad. You're, you're knee-deep in ice, storm, and snow. Knee-deep, yes disgusting um, springtime in Toronto. Yay! Well, I'm going to join you soon. I'm very excited about this because your podcast will go up late, late Friday night and you and I are going to have coffee Friday morning. Amazing. I'm It'll really be so cool. I know. So uh, record now, have coffee, then post. So, um, hey, can I come and look in your studio? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you do that. Nice. <laughs> I don't let a lot of people do that. I'm kind of mid-process right now. Oh, really? Um, I don't have to come. I'll let you (laughs) in. Okay, I don't have to. That was very presumptuous. But I love that building that you're in. It's so cool. So gorgeous. Yeah. I'm really lucky to be there. Yeah. Um, Who did I see in there? Chris Knight. Oh, yeah, Chris. I love Chris. Yeah. um, I had written about him, and I was coming to Toronto for something, and he said, do you know where 401 Richmond is? And I said, I sure do, because I used to live yeah. across the street. <laughs> he said, yeah. you want to come over? And so I, I, that was the first time I ever met him and saw yeah. his studio. And what a cool oh, energy so in there. Fun. Yeah. I actually just ran into him yesterday. Yeah. Well, tell him I say hi. He will not come on the podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> no. So if we run into him in the hallway, I'll, I'll pressure him again. <laughs> yeah, do it. We'll both um, pressure him. Okay, good. So we actually got to meet in person last year at a very fancy party. Yes, that was very fancy. I've never been to anything like that. <laughs> Me either. Uh, yeah, that yes. was at the Hotbed Gala. It was quite something. Yeah. Um, and your work looked so beautiful in that show. And um, But it was just even more than the show. The location was crazy. And so many yeah. of the artists in the show came. It was so fun to actually meet yeah. people. It was so fun. Yeah. And I'd never been to California before, so it was a good excuse. Oh my gosh. Well, there's there's your intro to California. Oh my god. Exactly. Yeah. Tiburon overlooking the bay and the Golden Gate Bridge with yeah. a cocktail in hand. Yeah. Yeah. I could crazy. get used to that. Um, yeah, but it was I, it was so nice to meet you in person and to actually, you know, very often the people I write about, I don't see their work in person because it's all online and Yeah. I already loved your work so much, but to see that big beautiful red one that you did for the show and it was the scale, like that that's what you don't get online, you know, and to stand yeah. in front of it and see the scale and to, I didn't touch it, I promise, but to go up <laughs> close and look at the brush strokes and, oh, it just takes your breath away. And so uh, it was so nice to have that. So so happy to have you on the podcast so I can ask yeah. all about that stuff. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about where you grew up and if you were an artsy kid back then. Okay, well, I grew up in a really small town called Flesherton, um, Ontario, mm-hmm. 700 people. Whoa. Um, yeah. That is a small <laughs> so I'm a, town. I'm a, sm- I'm a small town girl. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't know if you'd call me artsy. I was definitely introverted. <laughs> and I guess, like, in a small town like that, there's not a lot of friends. So I did a lot of, you know, a lot of imagination, a lot of playing alone. Um, I colored a lot. So yeah, I guess I, I've I've always been very right brained. Yeah. Was there anybody? Was there anything in school? I mean, in a town that small, is there any, were there any teachers that focused on art at all? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely had art classes um, and some really cool teachers. Uh, but yeah, I honestly like when I got to OCAD. Finally, I know that we're going to get to that part, but I didn't know who Andy Warhol was. Wow. I, I think it's just. 
uh, the proximity. So Flesherton's about two, a little bit over two hours from Toronto. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of um, not a lot of like exposure to galleries and the AGO and all that. How did you end up at OCAD then? Like, wh- what made you go to art school? Um. So after high school, I did this really intensive um, Christian program because my my family's quite uh, religious. Um, so I did this Christian program in Brampton, and my the family that I was staying with, uh, the mother was an art teacher at the Christian school. Mm-hmm. So they, that family like really exposed me to art, and then her daughter decided to go to OCAD, and then we I just we both decided to go to OCAD. So that's kind of ah. how that, yeah. Wow! And then so what did you think when you got there? Was it just like it was honestly a, a little bit of culture shock. Yeah. I was so used to kind of like quiet, like the traffic, and just, I felt really overwhelmed. Yeah, I can and imagine, because that is like the heart of Toronto. Yeah. And not only that, it's just like, now you're like knee deep with like art school people, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it was really intense. I think like in the, the first few months, I was like, oh my God, I don't know who these like staple artists are Mm. so it was so did you just keep your mouth shut yeah I did actually yeah (laughs) good if I don't good go-to move no (laughs) you're like I'm just not saying anything because I know all of these people already all of it (laughs) (laughs) and so were you did you go in I don't know how OCAD works actually did you go in as a painting major or does you start with foundation Um, year or how does it go yeah, I started with a foundation year, and then I went. I actually went into sculpture at oh. first, which is weird because I'm not, I'm not a 3D person at all. I guess I learned that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there was like one of my favorite teachers was in sculpture, so I think that that is kind of what persuaded me to go into that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized that it just wasn't for me, and then I I switched over to a drawing and painting major. Okay. And were you always doing abstract work or what were you doing Um, in school? Well, I did a lot of different things at school as you do. Um, but I've always been kind of, uh, attracted to abstract. Um, uh, my grandfather's actually an abstract painter. Oh, so yeah, he, he went to, so going back to my family roots, even though like growing up in a small town, not having a lot of the art knowledge, my mom's side of the family is quite artistic. Um, so my grandfather went to Pratt. Wow. In New York. Yeah, and he did industrial design. He actually taught industrial design at Humber. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, and my grandmother went to OCAD, um, and she did furniture design, and she studied under A.Y. Jackson. So <gasps> my mom's side of the family is quite um, quite creative and artistic, Um and wow. it's actually kind of funny because um, my mom, my mom is kind of like the black sheep of the family because she's like the one kind of conservative uh, person in the family. And then reverse rule, my family is quite conservative, and now I'm kind of the black sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how it works? It yeah. always skips a generation. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. So, um, so what did what did they think when you went to art school? Oh, well, they actually, unfortunately, they passed away when I was 13. My grandmother passed away when I was 13. My grandfather 16. So I didn't oh. really get, like, a super deep, super deep with them. Yeah. Um, that would but, have been interesting. Like, it would be so cool now, you know, yeah. to, to have a conversation with them. And especially your grandmother. Yeah. Like, going to school back then. Like, I wonder how many women were in her program and stuff. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. It yeah. would be... I'd really like to know. Um, um, so what, yeah. what? So is your mom like? What did your mom think when you went then? Um, I mean, I think my parents hoped that I would be. So my dad's a Pentecostal pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that my parents hoped that I would become a Pentecostal pastor <laughs> or missionary. <laughs> How, how's that working out? <laughs> well, not so well. <laughs> I actually, I actually did go to Bible college after high school. Um, but yeah, I. How many years were you there? Um, two, two years. Okay. And then you went to, and stayed with that family and. Yeah. And then I went to OCAD. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, that's interesting. Well, so now though, now you're living this life. Yeah. (laughs) Do they, what do they, are they, do they like your Um, paintings? (laughs) I mean, they, they do. They're very supportive. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> it is so funny when, when um, you know, things do skip generations in a way. Yeah. Like, my mom's an artist, and so, yeah. you know, I kind of grew up with art supplies and with them being very, you know, encouraging of me being like that. But it was so funny because my dad's a PhD scientist. Okay. And uh, so I was pretty good at, like, you know, I got A's in biology and chemistry, and I got A's in yeah. art. And so when it yeah. came time to go to university, I was like, well... I guess I better do science because art doesn't count, I guess, you know. So I went to do marine biology, and um, my dad, the PhD scientist, uh, like halfway through my first year, said, I think you should switch into fine art. Oh, And my mom, I had her on the podcast, and she denies this, but she, I could tell she was like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, like, I could tell she was worried, and on the podcast, she's like, no, I was very proud of you, and I thought it was exciting, but... That is you not, yeah, that's that not the like, tone of voice. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was podcast talk. <laughs> that's right. The look on her face and the, the shrillness of her voice, I, I could tell that she was just, she was worried for me because, you know, she had tried to be a full-time artist and it is right. a hustle and a struggle and yeah. you face criticism and I think she, you just don't want your kids to ever face anything hard, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, we didn't, I didn't skip a generation that way, but it's quite funny because my grandmother was such a free spirit and my mom yeah. was going to become a nun. Oh. She went to like Catholic, everything Catholic, school Catholic, university, whatever. And then she met my dad and decided not to become a nun. Right. <laughs> but my grandmother was always like, oh, why, didn't, why aren't you going to the parties and why aren't you doing this? And then I came along and I went to all the parties and my mom was like, yeah, yeah. I don't know why you're doing that. <laughs> so yeah. that's how we so skipped funny. a generation in our family. Very funny. Yeah. So yeah, it is, I'm definitely my grandfather's child. Yeah. See, that's why it would have been so nice if he had... If you if you could talk to him now, you know, just yeah. to sit down, have a coffee, hash out the art thing together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so you start getting so by the, before you left OCAD, were you doing um, abstract work by then or not yet? Um, I would say I was. So going back to my grandfather, he used to, um, as a child, he would buy me artist grade. Um, art supplies, mm-hmm. like the highest quality, and um, he would give me art lessons, and I, I remember one particular lesson where he um, he lived on a farm with 100 acres, and he sent me out to the field to, um, he was trying to teach me about picking up the essence of something, mm. so he told me to go out and uh, make a drawing of a tree, so I came back with my drawing, and his critique to me was, you know, it's okay, but it needs to be wilder. he's like you didn't you didn't you need to like get the wildness of the tree so he he was an abstract painter and he really taught me that kind of just like letting go and like finding the essence behind the realistic object so um I would say that I've been definitely influenced uh towards abstraction my whole life wow that's so beautiful how old were you when he gave that kind of lesson I think I was about nine or ten Wow. Yeah. What and I a think, invaluable... Yeah. And I think also just like I didn't realize how, what quality of art supplies he was buying me until later, until art, like until I was at OCAD and couldn't afford them. I was like, damn, I wish I like still had that. Yeah. <laughs> so what was he giving you, like oil paints and stuff or what were uh, you... He was giving me oil paint and just like really high grade watercolor paper, just like the yeah. best. Like artist grade. Um, yeah, that was the same with me because my mom was a watercolor painter and yeah. a professional, and she had all the good stuff, right? And beautiful yeah. oil and pastels. Know, you know, when you do it, you know the difference between the cheap and the yeah, the cheap quality and how that affects the work. Yeah, yeah. Like when you go from that to um, like tempera paint in a giant yeah. jug. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't mix. <laughs> no, no. Um, so do you, you paint with oil now, right? I don't. I paint with acrylic. Oh, you do? I paint with acrylic and gouache, actually. <gasps> Me too. I did not know that. Those look like oil paintings. Yeah, so I'm, my trick is to mix the gouache into the acrylic paint to oh. make the pigment richer. Oh, sneaky. Do you yeah, use any, like, gel mediums or anything? I don't. Okay. Getting all your secrets. Um, yep. Okay, okay. So I keep getting ahead. I'm, I'm just too excited. Okay, <laughs> calm down, Danielle. Um, okay, amazing lessons from your grandfather. Um, 
So when you're about to graduate, are you thinking, I'm going to be a full-time artist? Um, was that I mean, the plan? I, it, I mean, it, it was the plan. So I worked throughout OCAD and I took my time. I did part-time. Well, I did. I started off doing full-time and then because I was also working a lot, it was just way too much. Mm-hmm. So I was at OCAD for about yeah, six, I think it was there for eight years. I was there a long time. Nice. So it, it kind of worked out because it, it made the process longer, and I also had um, studio space at school. Yeah. Free space. Yeah. Um, well, and you would have grown up so much over those years, too. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I worked, I actually worked downtown at a hotel called uh, the Soho. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure you you know where, where that yeah. is. It's on Blue Jays Way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked there during OCAD and I, something amazing happened. Um, I served coffee to the property manager every morning and one morning he came in, he knew that I was going to OCAD as well. And he said that he was planning on doing, um, a foyer show with art and he had never seen my work before. And he just asked me if I wanted to do it. And of course I just like jumped on it. Cause I was like, you know, any yeah. kind of exposure in art school is everything. Yeah. Um, so I ended up doing this show. I pulled together, um, about eight pieces that were six by four feet in about a month because I was so excited about it. Yeah. And I had this opening, I put on an opening for myself and amazingly enough, uh, the hotel owner and the property manager really loved my work and they ended up commissioning me to do a piece for every floor of the residence part so that was like that was my break and that gave me a lot of confidence I was still in school at the time how far in were you um I think I was in my third year because I was like kind of spreading things out yeah a bit longer wow Um, yeah so I would say that 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 was my huge break and then I was just coming out of OCAD I had that confidence that I could do that um, and make money, and, you know, I had that on my portfolio already. Right. And so did you keep serving coffee to him every morning, or do, or did you use that as your jump to, like, get I a studio? I went from working, I just cut down my hours. Yeah. <laughs> Th- <laughs> like, Thanks Thank so much. You. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to want to put a Help Wanted sign in the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, that's kind of awesome. So you cut yeah. down your hours, but now you upped your painting hours. Yes. And so was that work anything like what you do now? Um, it was abstract. I would say um, my earlier work is a lot more color blocking, not as much mixing. Okay. Um, when did that start? Uh, I think it just, I actually, I don't know the point, but it just kind of comes with doing it over and over and over again and kind of getting a bit bolder yeah and understanding how colors are working together um well that's the thing your colors like you know I your palettes just I don't even know how to describe them when I wrote down what you said you know like your grandfather saying the essence of something or like finding the wildness it's like you are doing that (laughs) you know they're they're just um you kind of want to eat them, but like you don't because it's not good for you. But, um, and what I love too is because I've started doing abstract lately and it's hard. Like people think, you know, there's the whole line of thought of, oh, my kid could do that or, yeah. you know, but it's like, okay, let's see. <laughs> yes. To have the composition and the balance and the colors and especially the way you do it where you've got colors bumping into each other and it could be a muddy mess like pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And so, um, I mean, you must have had lots of muddy messes along the way. Oh, oh there's been a lot of muddy. <laughs> there's been a lot of mud. <laughs> yeah. But I think what I love so much about them is like, and like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you're not afraid to experiment. Yeah, I, I would say that's correct. Yeah. You can see it. You can see the... And that's why I was wondering, like, when the mixing started, like, if that was sort of a happy accident or if that's just sort of you just going, oh, let's see what happens if I do this. Um, I think it came from, like, looking a lot at other people's work and trying to understand what they did 
mm-hmm. um, and looking at other artists who had mix, who are really good at mixing and then experimenting. There's a lot of happy accidents that happen for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just kind of going into that and grasping it and just having fun. Yeah. You can see that in your work too. I I just, I love it so much and I respect it so much because, I mean, I was never a huge fan of abstract just because I didn't do it and, you know, I I guess I didn't know anybody that did it, but since, you know, writing The Jealous Curator in the last, I've been doing it for nine years, but probably in the last five years, I just find myself like attracted to it so much more and so much more and just appreciating um, the, the expression and the fun and the playfulness and the experimentation because that is a huge thing to be able to harness. Yeah. And I yeah. think you do a very beautiful job. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's, Are, it's, yeah, go. I mean, it's sometimes hard to talk about because it's like, it feels so natural to me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, thank you. It's, <laughs> it's not. That's the thing, like... um. Well, again, my mom, she is a very good watercolor painter. So good that it comes so naturally to her that she doesn't really think about it. And yeah. then, so then she started doing acrylics and they're, I love my mom, but they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I told her that on the podcast. They're not good. Yeah. But I was like, why aren't you doing watercolor? She's like, why don't yeah. you? It's just so easy. Yeah. But it's because she's naturally good at it. And, and you know, yeah. like abstract. She wants to be challenged. Yeah. Yeah. And fair yeah. enough. But thank God she's come back to watercolor. But yeah. um, I, <laughs> I find that like. Um, you know, with me trying to play around with abstract, it's so much trickier than you think. Um, but I think the happy accidents are the key because whenever I go in with a plan, yeah, it turns into a muddy mess. But if I just huh. play, it very often ends up being much better. When, like, yeah. Speaking of which, when do you have... Um, this is what I was so curious about when I saw your work in person. Do you have a palette plan going in? Um, I generally do. Okay. Because um, you yeah, do your back, your backgrounds, you are like a beautiful gradient. Yeah. So I you... usually start, I start with the background, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and then kind of go into it from there. And does any, like, if you have a plan, can a yellow randomly get in there if that wasn't part of the plan? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's, I mean, I say plan very, very loosely. <laughs> like, I'll take, I'll pick out some some paint from the pile right right <laughs> put them in another pile beside me <laughs> oh the the pile plan got the it pile plan. <laughs> um, and do you do you use brush oh I don't want to take all your secrets but is that all brush strokes or have you got other stuff going on in there it's all brush strokes oh yeah <laughs> that that blows my mind because I was like is she using some sort of scrapey thing or something um Okay, I will. I will believe you that it's brushes. I will confirm on Friday when I okay, show up in your studio, yes. <laughs> whether you like it or not. Um, what was I just going to ask you? A uh, plan, a pile plan. Um, are all of your pieces fairly gigantic? Um, well, I work. I guess. I think the, they're gigantic. The smallest size I work with is twenty-four by thirty inch. Okay. Um, and then I guess the biggest size. Well, I made like a 32 by 11 foot piece a few what? years ago, which was insane. Um, but That was one piece? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was, yeah, it killed me. Um, <laughs> was that for a show? No, I made it for, um, there's a resident building in Toronto called Aura. Mm-hmm. So I made it for the foyer of oh, that building. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was a time. <laughs> <laughs> so you won't do that again? Well, I would do it again, but now I know how to do it. Oh, okay. It's basically like the mock-up I, I made was like, I don't know, like a foot by two feet, and I basically did it with my wrist. So trying to translate that into like such a large scale, it right. was it was a challenge for sure. Did, did you have to do it there? How did you, did, um, did you I transport had, it? <laughs> I had to find a studio that would fit it. I actually found um, a storage unit because it was so huge. Um, that's what I've heard some people say like when they have such big jobs like yeah. that they're like well it's not gonna fit in here yeah <laughs> that's so crazy. I was in a storage unit for like literally 40 days and 40 nights trying to finish this crazy thing there's oh. probably like I think there's like three paintings under it oh, I bet oh my gosh yeah can yeah. you can you do that like I guess like do you do you paint over stuff 
I do. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's why I, I really like acrylic. I've, I've tried to work with oil, but I just, I don't have the patience for it. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty toxic. No, I mean, I guess there's yeah. kinds now that are not as bad for you. Is that right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. No, I stay me away. either. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to do oils because when I was a little first-year art student, yeah. if you were a painter, that meant you did oils. I didn't know. Yeah. I was like, I guess. And then yeah. um, I lived in res, and I couldn't, I had nowhere to, like, clean brushes and you yeah. know, I was like I need water I need to just wash these brushes in a sink yeah in the res bathroom that's where it all happened so oh yeah <laughs> yeah and <laughs> I just have a uh, uvic oh you did okay. yeah I moved to Toronto late I went to Sheridan okay. and then ended up being in Toronto for 10 okay. years but yeah I went to school out Thanks. west and uh yeah and I just stuck with acrylics after that because that's just what I knew yeah but um I feel yeah yeah, yeah, and I don't know. I don't want to breathe all the stuff. But there's probably yeah. oil painters listening going, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it yeah. probably is, but I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm, I'm just yeah, going to continue I don't to either. ignore it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm too messy for oil paint. <laughs> yeah, and I, you're right. Like, I'm not patient at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm working on some pieces right now that have tons of paint on them, and it's yeah. acrylic, and I really I have to wait, like, two days, and it's dry as opposed to yeah. two months. Exactly. Yeah. So that works a little bit yeah. better. For I, I, yeah. yeah, I'm lucky I'm even waiting. I just said to my husband, because this piece took me about eight days. Yeah. I don't remember the last time a piece took me eight days. Most of my pieces take about half an hour. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, you know, eight days, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. It was fun. But, like, that's pushing yeah. my patience. Yeah, eight days. Yeah, as far as I can handle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so right before I called you, I was looking up, because I remember that you, your titles are quite poetic, and I, I went and looked up a bunch of them just to confirm that they were, in fact, poetic. Are they song, bits of song? What, where do they come from? Um, your head? Well, well, not always from my head. Um, <laughs> I think, I feel like the title is really important, especially with abstract work, because it brings another entry point for the viewer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sort of sets up a bit of a narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a lot of like splices of sentences or something that really hit me um, I, in my journal. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly kind of like playing around with words and um, yeah, there's just splices of poetry I've read or like some of, some of it's from my head. <laughs> do, the, do the titles come after you've done the piece? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I was just curious about that if you went in you know, with like a chunk from your journal sort of thing, if you go in, then yeah, no, trying. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. No. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't work for me either. And I I was just so curious about that. Um, yeah, and I find too, that whole experimenting and playing thing. Yeah. If you, if you I think if you went in with a plan of a title, you'd be kind of yeah. boxed in a little bit or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to not really have intentions because that mm -hmm. kind of stifles the process. Yeah. Do you ever, um, so like going back to the grandfather tree thing, because one of the pieces of yours, I mean, I'm sure people read things into every piece, right? Yeah. Like, do they see things? Yeah. A lot of people see things. Well, uh, there's, think... there's one that I was like, oh, that's a spine for sure. Like, yeah. You know the one I'm talking about? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, uh, so is there any of that intention or no oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah I think especially like back in the day when I did outdoor um outdoor art shows yeah just like the the general public I remember one woman coming in and being like this painting reminds me of murder oh okay <laughs> move like, along oh, yeah move along <laughs> and I've gotten a lot of like phallic uh, yeah people actually had one woman bring a painting back because He's like, oh, this is, like, way too phallic. I didn't realize it. And I'm like, okay, I did. that was not my intention. <laughs> oh, my God. Flip it upside yeah. down. Then Flip see it upside it, yeah. down. No, she just could not. I was like, well, I, I think this is something in your brain, not mine. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You should have been, like, give her a card for a, for a shrink. You know what? I think there's some yeah. things you need to explore on your own. Yeah. Go talk to the murder lady. See where you guys net out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I guess that's the part, you know, especially with the narrative like with a title like that, you know, certain titles, people are going to see what they want to see. And I, I kind of yeah. love that. Like I've told yeah. this story 5,000 times before, but um, one time when I was in art school, I had, I was just playing around with technique. Yeah. So, um, you know, 
I, I mean, I had my own meaning, but it wasn't particularly deep. Anyway, I brought the piece in, and uh, everyone said, well, what does it mean? And I said, well, what do you, you, know, what do you guys think what it you, means? Yeah. yeah, and I wanted them to go. There was like 24 kids in the class, and I wanted everyone to go around and say what they thought. So, Because it was quite abstract. And so they all yeah. went around and said their thing, and then they're like, well, who's right? And I was yeah. like, well, you're all right, because it's your interpretation of it. And I got yeah. a C. Oh, <laughs> because because I didn't like have a meaning. Yeah, have have or some like deep a meaning. concrete. Yeah, and fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. But I was also nineteen and just figure learning how to paint. But um, sure. I just thought it was just kind of funny that like that at the time that wasn't and in that group it wasn't considered valid. The fact right. that everybody had their own opinion, and I think that's the other thing I really love about abstract now too is that. Um, you know, there might be a set of colors that remind me of something from childhood that yeah. you had no intention. Yeah. But then that piece is going to feel special or connected yeah. for me because, as a collector, because it reminds me of of, of private memory. And exactly. So there's, yeah, there's something really yeah. nice about that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I think that that's what abstract really is. It's about, you know, I I get that question a lot, especially at openings. Like, what does this mean? Like, what are you doing here? Like, what is it? And I get really frozen. Well, I used to get very frozen in the beginning because in my mind, I'm like, you know, trying to come up with these like these reasons and like all of these, like, why did I do this? Why? You know, and like not really even knowing because Mm -hmm. it's such an intuitive process. And it really is about, you know, the negative space and how the space is working with the composition and the composition and how the colors are working together. So it really becomes about the elements of the the painting working together in relationships and and it's really hard to articulate when people when someone's coming at you like needing a concrete answer yeah I've done a lot of bullshitting I was just gonna say you should just have like you should just have a list of stuff like hang on a second let me see this one is about (laughs) yeah I mean sometimes I'll just give people what they want to hear yeah (laughs) makes my life easier yeah it is a giant phallic symbol Yes, yeah. you got it. You got, you got it. it. You're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know people really want that, and that is a tricky. So, what do you do? What do you do now? Like that, you're older and wiser, and sort of more confident in your work. Do you just? Um, I mean, I think that I've just relaxed into kind of what it is, yeah. and it really is. Um, I think with photography and painting, whether it's realistic or abstract, it's it's a moment, and I think that you know. People who listen to music, I don't think they question music as much. Like, why did this make me feel this way? Because it's it's such an instant. And then it there's no, you know, it's just, it keeps rolling. Like, you can repeat the sound. But mm-hmm. in that moment, it's just such a quick second. Whereas when you freeze something, freeze a moment, it's people really want to know why. Like, why this moment? Or right. why, what am I looking at? And as an artist, it's, for me, in that process, it was really a moment in time where I was making decisions um, based on how much water I was using or how much paint or, you know, how mm-hmm. thick I was making something. Um, so I, I feel more relaxed about just, like, <laughs> letting it be what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a beautiful answer. You could just say that every single time. <laughs> well, and okay. it's true. You know, it's funny. Like, I- I'd never even thought of it that way because, like, if there's a song that has lyrics... You're like, great, there's the story. I know what that song's yeah. about. Even if, it, if, even if the lyrics don't make sense, you're like, okay. Right, I can grab onto something. Yeah. But then as, songs that have no lyrics, people still don't seem to question. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, it makes you feel a certain way. It makes you feel sad. It makes you feel happy. It makes you whatever. So why can't couldn't a piece of art do the same thing mm-hmm. without having to have... This concrete... Yeah, this written meaning. statement. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, so interesting. You keep giving me chills. <laughs> it's all so lovely. And now it makes me want to go into my studio and try mixing some stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I know that you had a crazy year last year. I did. You were, like, I kept trying to get you to do stuff, and you were, <laughs> you were so <laughs> like, busy. Um, you, were, you had sh- giant shows. Yeah. So you had, what were the two, you had two big ones? Um, I did, I've been kind of, this last year I decided to do a solo show for all of my galleries. And oh. I usually, so I have four galleries. Um, so I, I decided to do, yeah, all four galleries. And then on top of that, I do the art fairs. 
Oh, my word. To International Art Fair and then Art Miami. And then I also uh, started working with a new gallery in New York called uh, Kenny's Barnes. Oh, yeah. And it was, a, it was a great opportunity, and I should have said no because I, <laughs> I just didn't have it in me, but it was, I, I couldn't say no. So, yeah, it was a really intense year. <laughs> and did you, get, did you feel burnt out after all of that? I, I would say yes. Yeah, I felt, I felt quite burnt out. Just like created pressure actually with my Vancouver show, which was the last show. I was a bit late with everything, and I'm I'm not usually late, but I was just like I don't I don't know what to call the show. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what this is. <laughs> oh. Was that was that at Bougie in in? Uh, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I know. I mean, every time I tried to bug you for something I, I eventually just stopped because I was like oh my god I feel bad like I could tell that you were like no. I, I you were head down and just like getting stuff done and then yeah. do you have any help like with like all the admin and stuff or do you do all that yourself too um so I have an assistant who oh actually, that's good she just got hired um into the Toronto police force so I, oh <laughs> which she's, she's amazing uh, but yeah I, I just lost her but she was super OCD and very organized. Um, (laughs) So I'm looking for a new assistant right now. Okay, Um, everybody, did you hear that? Oh my gosh, I don't think that'll be too hard to fill. (laughs) Um, But Bougie Gallery especially, um, and Foster White, like the the gallery girls are so amazing. And so like they, if I'm like, I'm having a problem and like, I need, I'm not organized. Can you help me in this way? They are just amazing. So they really keep me organized. Oh, that's good. Because yeah, that's a lot to handle. Like, you know, I find a lot of artists who are kind of doing it on their own. Um, and like, you know, it's wonderful that you're with galleries and stuff. And I think galleries certainly earn their keep when they're good galleries and they yeah, help exactly. you that way. Um, yeah. um, and I never really, you know, was sure about the gallery thing. Cause I was like, ah, yeah. you know, now you can sell yourself, you know, you can sell yourself, blah, blah, blah. But a, do you have the confidence to sell yourself? B mm-hmm. that those kind of marketing skills and C, yeah. do you want to, like, exactly. Yeah, and I, it's, so, it's such a different, like, yeah, it's such a different, so many different skills that you need to have. Yeah, and I don't have, I don't have like the sales marketing thing. Well, then it ends on. up taking you away from actually painting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, did you take a little? The Vancouver show was in January. Yes. Yeah. Mid January. And so, did you take some time after that and just do? Nothing? I did. I, t- I took about a month. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you do? Um, well, actually, it was, (laughs) yeah, so Watson Soul, it was design week, um, beginning of January. I actually didn't make it to the bank, my Vancouver opening. I I planned on going, but then I came down with bronchitis. Of course. And then, of course, course, yeah. yeah, And then in the day after my opening, um, Toronto design week started and we were making a, a piece and we were hosting, um, an open studio. So that took up a couple of weeks of preparation and just like really intense um okay so let's talk about that okay this is a whole other thing yes so there's paintings and yes. then there's watson soul yes so what is that and when did that start um so watson soul is a small rug design uh company mm-hmm. and i would say like going back to my grandfather my grandfather um used to hand hook rugs oh. and he really took rug hooking to the next level like he he made like 12 feet by 10 feet um and his sense of color was amazing um just like color blocking um he really took what rug hooking is because when you think about canadian rug hooking you think about the east coast and kind of like these little folky yeah yeah. um but he just really took it to like a modern level and going like seeing his work it's just like amazing and he never really found a market for it Um, so I was really interested in the value of rugs and, um, um, so yeah, I, I made a, a rug one year, um, for Toronto offsite, um, exhibition. I had a painting and then I had a, a, a mirror of the painting manufactured into a rug in India. Wow. Um, and that's, and that's actually at that, um, show, it was at come up to my room at the Gladstone hotel. I met Nico. Um, oh, okay. So that's, she had just been graduating OCAD for industrial design and, uh, yeah, we started talking and I was like, I really want to like see where I can go with this. Um, and she was, um, 
you know, she's really good at like figuring out how to do things. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to me, I'm like here, like <laughs> I'm very analog. I'm like here, I'm like two dimensional. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we started talking, and then we decided to form um, a, a small rug studio called uh, Watson Soul, which is our both of our last names. Wow. And so, okay. Well, first of all, how did you know how to get a rug made in India? Um, I I don't actually. I don't, oh, I, I knew a guy named Fraser. Um, <laughs> okay, that's all anybody yeah, needs to know. If you know a guy named Fraser, know. you're set. Yeah, yeah. He, um, very knowledgeable in flooring, and he he was super into um, educating me on all the processes. So he hooked me up with um, the company it was called By Hensel, who helped me to make my very first rug. Wow. And um, what year was that? Um, that would have been 2011. Okay. Okay. So then you and Nico joined forces. Yeah. And so was that like a full-time thing for her or was she doing other stuff? Like, was this a side thing for you guys or was this like uh, a focus? It was a side thing in the beginning. Okay. Um, Cause we, well, at first I thought I would like, I wanted to hand hook. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> and I literally did like a square inch and it took me an hour and I was like, there's no way, <laughs> there's no way I can do this. So this is where we started kind of researching like, do people make rugs in Canada? Like, what's the market like? And then we um, we realized that nobody makes rugs in uh, Canada because it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. But we found these rug tufting tools um, that are from India. So we had them shipped over, and we taught ourselves how to hand tuft, which is basically hand tufting is like an automated um, sewing machine, I guess, that you kind of you direct with your hand, and oh, okay. it fires into the backing. Um, so yeah, we. At first, it was a, it was a lot of experimenting. We had no idea what we were doing, and we had no idea that it would really turn into what it is now. <laughs> okay, so what is it now? Um, well, we are you know we have a studio. We're small. We're working with um, architects and design agencies. Um, yeah, it's a full blown company. Are, are the designs all your paintings or no? No. Nico's a really strong designer. That's um, what it, I thought, because hers, because yeah. I saw there's kind of both. Like, there's ones that yeah. look like your paintings, but then there's sort of ones that are sort of more designy. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it started off with the concept of um, what is the value of a rug? Um, because I think it's really a missed opportunity for art in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people, they don't consider it uh, valuable because it's on the floor, you walk on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where the painting came in um, just with using like the floor as the fifth wall. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. So how long did it take uh, from 2011 to it being like full on, like, here we go. Um, so I did, I made my rug in 2011 yeah. and then Nico and I started kind of experimenting in 2012 and it took us about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did our first, uh, public launch in 2014 at um the Ontario design show okay and then did it just go uh we ended up from there we found a manufacturer um so then we started working with him and just kind of developing our our first line which was a double-sided rug line and then from there we just kind of um start like we don't have any we didn't want a lot of overhead costs or anything so we do uh mostly work with custom made mm-hmm. like one-offs um and so yeah, is that we, like a designer ordering something kind of thing yeah 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 okay yeah working with designers and yeah and how so much of them do you think are, are your paintings turned to rugs like what percentage uh, i've done a, a few major ones it's probably like a quarter okay yeah is that so weird seeing your painting as a rug? Um, I mean, it's it's interesting. It definitely is very. It's a kind of like a Lego version, right? That how the knots work. Um, I yeah. I wonder what your grandfather would think. He he would <laughs> love it. Yeah, I'm sure he's really into it. I'm sure he he's still here. I can see. Yeah, him. I'm sure. Yeah. That's what I was thinking as we were talking. I was like, I think he's probably listening right now going, mm-hmm, yeah. I love it. I love it all. Yeah. <laughs> what was his name? Arthur. Arthur. Ironically, his name was Art. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. That is awesome. 
Oh, art. Oh, I love it. Well, I I talk about my grandmother on this podcast all the time. I feel like she is around constantly. And uh, actually, who was I? Who did I have on that was telling me ghost stories? I can't remember. Somebody had really creepy, good ghost stories. Natalie Baxter, maybe. Anyway, I told this story and then I cut it out because I thought, oh, this is going to be too weird. But I'm going to tell it. Okay. What are we at? Yeah, we're at 50 minutes. It's fine. I'm going to tell it. Okay. So um, my grandmother and I were very, very close. And when she passed, um, there was lots of weird things that happened. Uh, yeah. Like, they still happen. Um, she told us right before she died that her spirit was pink. Yeah. And to watch for her in pink. And yeah. so weird, weird things would happen. Like, um, right after she died, it was November. And my mom was getting the garden ready. So it's November in Canada. Yeah. And um, she had a white, uh, granted Vancouver, but still, she had a white yeah. rhododendron bush. And uh, she was out there cleaning up, and she noticed there was one bloom on this rhododendron uh-huh. bush that blooms in the spring, and yeah. it was pink. Uh-huh. And it stayed for a month. It stayed till the beginning uh-huh. of December, and then it dropped. And um, uh-huh. I didn't know that. She didn't tell me that. I was living in yeah. Toronto, and I had one of those little potted rose plants that you can get at the grocery store at the checkout, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was a little red rose, and it hadn't had roses on it for about four years, but somehow it was still alive. Well, yeah. right after she died, it threw one little rose, but it was oh. pink. Oh, my God. And it stayed for a month. And it wasn't until, like, that Christmas I went home, and I was saying about the story, and I said, oh, I feel like yeah. it was Grammy. And Mom was like, um, I also have a story. Yeah. <laughs> and so all well, these really weird things happened. So anyway, she's just, she's been gone for, oh, like... 14 years now, but I, just weird things that she's around, right? So yeah. I was in L.A. about a year, just over a year ago, at a show at Good Eye Gallery, and my friend Melinda runs it, and she had forced me to put work into the show. <laughs> I didn't want to, but she made me. And um, this one, this woman bought one of my pieces, and so we were chatting, and I started to know she, she kept looking over my shoulder, like, you know, when people are done talking to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, time to wrap yeah, this okay. up. And um, time to go. Yeah, and I was like, alrighty then. And she said, uh, I, I'm so sorry, um, but I, I'm having a really hard time hearing you. And she said, if this is too weird for you, please tell me to walk away, and I will walk away. Yeah. But she said, I'm actually a medium. She was yeah. visiting from Norway. She's like, I'm actually okay. a medium. She's like, I'm just out tonight with friends. But she said, your grandmother is so loud that I can barely hear you talking. Oh, my God. And she said, if that freaks you out, I need to walk away. But she said, do you want to hear what she's saying? And I said, yes, please. Yes. And she said, well, she's saying that she's very proud of you for all these things that you're doing, like the jealous curator stuff or whatever. But she said um, she's quite angry at you because she said art is your destiny and you aren't doing enough. You're not trying hard enough. And she said, does that make any sense to you? Because she's like, I'm at a show and I just bought your, one of your pieces. So how can that be possible that you're not trying to be an artist? And I was like, yeah. oh, it's possible. Huh. <laughs> and that was like a year and a bit ago. And so ever since oh, wow. then, I have just turned it up. I got it. I'm with Mayberry yeah. now in Toronto. Like, I, okay. I'm oh, you being, are? I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'm okay. being an artist. And right. uh, it's all for her because I really feel like oh. she's around going, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, that's amazing. You know, so I that feel, gave me chills. <laughs> so I feel like, okay, Grammy, I hear you. Like, I hear you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do, do it. it. I'm yeah. doing it. So whenever I get into the studio or I don't feel like going to the studio, I can just feel yeah. her being like, get, get in, in there. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's it's, amazing. It's all thanks to Blanche. Blanche and Art. Blanche. Blanche yeah. and Art. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, so I know that you've taken a break, but you're back in the studio now. And so are you working, you're probably working towards something. Yes. Um, I have a, my opening um, in Toronto at Bougie is June 9th. June 9th. Okay. Yes. So got the, I got the grind on. How many pieces are you doing? Oh, I don't know yet. <laughs> Whatever fills um, the space. Yeah. I, I, I usually start with a good solid six pieces. And then from there I can kind of like branch out. Yeah. Um, I try to make as many as possible just so that I can, um, we can curate something strong. Right. Um, are you excited? Like, have you, like, I know that you took a break. You've only been back in the studio for a couple of weeks. Is it super exciting? Uh, or nervous? (laughs) I mean, I, I think it'll be exciting as soon as I make like a piece that I'm like, yes, 
Like right. this is new, it's fresh, like I feel excited about this piece. That piece hasn't come yet, so I, I feel a little stressed. <laughs> but it, it always comes. It's just I mean, yeah, it's just stress in general, I think. I yeah. just need to kind of get out of my head and into my body, I think, as soon as the snow stops. Yeah. That, I can that will ride help. my ride my bike to the studio. I think that that will help just kind of get some some things moving. Yeah. In those situations, like do you ever just completely like shake up a palette or like how do you is it just a matter of getting in there and just working it's just getting in there and doing it yeah yeah and some days are just like it's not there but you kind of have to push through it yep um and some days you don't feel like it and then it starts happening and you know you never know you just have to do it yeah good for you that's the, yeah. that's the key you know I never realized the key until I wrote creative block and asked all these professionals and they all said that yeah. And I was like, oh, you mean it doesn't work if you just do nothing? Because yeah. that's what I've been doing. Or, like, wait for the feeling to come. <laughs> yeah, because the feeling is yeah. never going to come. No, like, it never comes. <laughs> it never comes. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I always joke about all the excuses you can throw out. And my, my big go-to is light. Like, huh. my studio is either too dark or too bright or, huh. you know, like, so it's amazing the excuses you can find. So, yeah, the real yeah. the real people just show up and push through it. Got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, any other shows besides the one in June um, that people need to know about? What about uh, rug stuff? Does anybody need to know about? Um, well, uh, with rug stuff, we actually are we're launching a new... We were doing, like, really high-end stuff um, because translating uh, paintings into <laughs> fibers is really... You have to have a super high knot count, which is quite expensive. Okay. Um, but we have just developed a cheaper line um, with flat weaves that are, we're having samples made at the moment. So we're really excited to kind of um, reposition ourselves in the market to kind of have um, pieces that are more accessible. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, so that there we're having our samples made right now. So we're going to do a, like a full-on launch in about a month. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I will put all of your links and everything at the bottom of this post, and then people can, okay. you know, keep an eye out. And then just let me know when the launch happens, and I'll do a little okay. um, social push so people know it's happening. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Um, are you ready for the not-so-speedy speed round? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> you have no choice. I can't say no, right? No, you can't. Uh, well, you could hang up on me, I guess, okay. but that would be rude. And you're true. Canadian, so you're that. not going to do that. Too nice. Yeah. Canada, small town. That's right. Small town Canada. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, okay, ready? Okay. My go-to. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Yes. And we are going to have coffee at my old place. Everyone listening, Jana's studio is literally like kitty corner to the condo that I lived in when I lived in Toronto. And there was a little cafe right below it where Greg and I basically planned our wedding. And so I always go there. And I love that you were right across the street. And yes. we can go meet there on Friday morning. Yeah, it's so exciting. Yay. <laughs> um, and I also love coffee. So perfect, perfect. Um, what did I write here? Oh, have you ever had pink hair? I ever? Like, I've... Definitely had paint in my paint, oh. paint in my hair, <laughs> but I've never had literally pink hair. <laughs> do you dye your hair? I do. Okay, what co what natural color are you? I'm naturally blonde, like a dirty blonde. Okay, but you are blonde. I like went yeah. I answered You're that. Like I, my hair is actually pretty fine, so I I feel like putting stuff in it just helps the the flat hair. <laughs> Same here. It gives yeah. well, and that's why we had to reschedule this call. Exactly. I knew I you would that. understand. We had <laughs> yes. our call scheduled, and then I realized I was going to Toronto to give this talk. Somehow the yeah. month got away from me, and I was like, I have an inch of, like, gray roots. <laughs> emergency, emergency. Yes, so I had, emergency. To, I had to move our call. And I was like, if anyone will understand. Yeah. Actually, when you said that, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I have, like, my... My roots are quite big. And I was like, I actually made an appointment too. Oh, like, good. I got to get this done too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've inspired each other. It was either that or I was wearing a hat for my talk. So, oh, yeah. you know. Um, okay. Oh, this might be a tricky one. Do you have a go-to color if you're feeling stuck? If things are uh, going, is there a tube that you grab and squeeze out because it'll make things better? There's two, there's two tubes. There's one that's a Chinese, it's called Chinese red, it's a gouache, and there's one that is um, called Payne's Gray, it's an acrylic. Oh, yeah. And those two cancel each other out, but when you put titanium white back in it, it does something, like, miraculous. 
And it does it every time. Wow. So, so does it make like a weird pink or something? It just, I can't explain it. You have to see it. All right. It's well, pink. It's like, um, it kind of like the two colors cancel each other out, but the white just brings something different back to life. I would say How did you find that out? Color. Um, just by <laughs> doing it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I will get you to email me one of the paintings, like send me okay. a photo and then I'll be able to put that in the pose and go this one. Okay. That's really cool. That is not what I thought. So I that's, thought... It's, a, it's my, my go-to, um, mixing color. Okay. Yeah. The rest is mostly experimental, but well, maybe that's what you should do today to, to get moving. Okay. <laughs> get out my pains, Gray. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah, that I got can be the title of the show. Right now. Yeah. It can, the title oh. of the show can just be Pain. Pain. <laughs> With a Y. Yeah. Um, okay, best summer job you ever had. This is the last one. Best summer job. Um, I had a job. Or worst, up to you. Um, okay, I had one summer where I had two amazing jobs. One was I was a, a go-kart, a golf cart girl. Yeah. Basically, just like rode around in the sun with like a bunch of beer and like in my in my little cart, and I made a lot of money. I bet <laughs> selling beer. I was out in the sun, just ripping around. Um, and the same summer, I had a job uh, cleaning a pool. It, this was in Collingwood. Um, okay. So I I don't have my um, lifeguard certificate or anything, but I basically just got up in the morning, cleaned the pool, and like had to sit by the pool and make sure that no one brought glass or like anything dangerous into the pool area. Wow, so you must have had a good tan that summer. I did. I had a very good tan. <laughs> You're so fair. How much sunscreen did you use? I, I use a, quite a bit of sunscreen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, how old were you that summer? That sounds like a very uh, good summer. It was a good summer. I think summer was probably like 18, 19. Oh, even better. Could you drink the beer? Wait, what's the drinking age? No. No. Uh, 19. 19, I, yeah. Well, and I used to be, like, super Christian at that oh, point. excellent. So I, didn't, I didn't do that, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I didn't do that. Oh, that, well, that's... I that's, just judged everyone else. Yeah. That's all I started myself. And took, and took their money. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I worked, um, well, I grew up in the Okanagan, and tans were very important. Yes. Especially, like, in the 80s. Tans were very, very important. And yes. my first job... Um, I was 14 and none of my friends had jobs that summer because it was, I was working for my dad. We had an orchard and my job was to pick the entire orchard. Oh my God. And, <laughs> yeah. And so all my friends were at the beach and I couldn't fall behind in the tro yeah. Hawaiian tropic, you know, bronzing competition. Yeah. So I used to pick in a bikini yeah. This little gangly 14-year-old with, like, covered in Hawaiian tropic oil, and I would get completely covered in peach fuzz. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because it was a peach orchard. So oh, I've my got, God. Like, just like this fine layer of peach fuzz. But oh I, I, I came out of there with a tan, damn it. Like, I was not going to. Yeah. That's you know. amazing. Yeah. You do That's what you hilarious. have to do out there. You do it. Yeah. yeah. Even if you're like covered in peach fuzz. That's right. You make it happen. See, that's yeah. the theme of this episode. You get yeah. in there and you do it. And you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Whether that's painting or getting a yeah. tan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jana, that's it. Okay. How easy Thanks. was that? That was very easy. You're very easy right? to talk to. I told you. Nothing to even be worried yeah. about. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for doing this. And I can't believe yeah, normally when I finish a podcast, I'm like, well, thanks so much. I wonder if I ever <laughs> meet you and I get to see you on Friday. Yeah. That's so fun. So what, what's your time? Like, do you want to confirm? Yeah. I'll just send later? you an email. I've got the okay. whole day to myself. Okay. And, uh, I'm so... open. I'm completely open Friday morning, so Yay. we can just play it by ear. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I'll give you a shout, let you know where I'm staying and I, I think I'm pretty close to you. So I'll just walk up and, okay. and we can do our coffee date and awesome. uh, we'll do a selfie Okay. so that we can put it up with the podcast and prove I'll that we sure actually I, got I brushed my hair that day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Get your roots done. <laughs> yeah, gotta get. Well, I don't know if that's gonna happen. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. I'll do it lower. I'll crop it. Okay. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much. That was so fun. I'm gonna do a great big post and put all of these beautiful, all of your work in there and all the links and uh, the rugs and all the stuff so people can see. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your support. Oh, it's easy to give. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you soon and see you on okay, Friday. Okay. Good. Thank okay. You. Bye. Bye.
Ah, I wish I could have Art on the podcast, too. He sounds like he would have been a fabulous guest. Now, by the time this episode is live, I will have snooped around in Jana's studio and had coffee with her. It is so amazing when I actually get to spend time with an artist face-to-face. Thank you so much to Jana for taking time away from her studio to talk to me. And an early thank you to her for letting me into her studio on Friday. Thank you to Saatchi Art and Create Magazine for supporting this episode. And great big high fives to you for listening. There will be more art for your ear next weekend. See you then.